attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Hey, it's Jeff here. What you're about to hear is the recording from our weekly Context and Clarity live show that I co-host with Catherine McPhail. Every week, we bring in a special guest that will help us dig even deeper and find even more clarity around the most popular context and clarity topics. This version of context and clarity is simulcast to Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and Twitch. Oh, and did I mention that they're live? We're operating without a net, so we may hit a few rough patches and stumble every once in a while. But I think these guests and these conversations are important enough that we really shouldn't keep them to ourselves. So with that, let's jump into this week's episode. All right, Entree Architect community, it's 4 p.m. Eastern, which means it's time for the Entree Architect Context and Clarity Live session for, what day is this? Thursday. April 29th, 2021. Thanks for joining us today. As you can tell, it must be Thursday because Catherine and I are here together. Uh, If you have been tuning in all week, it's just been Catherine this week. So hi, Catherine. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so glad you're back. (laughs) I am. uh, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be out of where I was. Um, It's good to be here. We're going to, because of everything that's happened this week, um, for those of you that haven't heard, I had jury duty this week and, you know, that sort of threw a a wrench into all the plans that we had for this week. So we decided to accelerate our planning for a feature that we're we're trying to roll into context and clarity here uh, sometime soon. And so we're going to try that out today. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But as you're coming in, uh, say hi. Great to see all of you popping in, whether you're on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, YouTube. I know there's a lot of you out there on Twitch, so uh, welcome to all of you. Say hi when you get here. Let us know where you are joining the conversation from. My name is Jeff Eccles. I come here every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern for one reason, 
so that we can find clarity around the things that matter most to you. Most of you are probably architects. And so these conversations, it doesn't matter if you are the employee of a firm. Maybe you've circled a date on the calendar and you said 2021 is my year and you're getting ready to start your own thing. Or maybe you've had a firm for, I don't know, 25 years or 26 years or 27 years. And you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or should be. Wherever you are, whatever you do, all of these conversations, we cover one topic every day. They're all the need to know topics for the success of small firm architects just like you. I'm joined as always on Thursdays by Catherine McPhail. Hi, Catherine. Where are you? Jeff, where am I? Where are you? Hmm, that's a hard question. I one answer would be I'm in Massachusetts. Okay. Is that you are here? Was that the right answer? I'm here sure. with you. I'm a lot of things, I guess. But you know who else is here with us? Who I see that John Kinney is listening to listening to us driving home from his job. So that's nice. We haven't seen him in a while. All right. John Kinney, welcome back. I see Don Duncan friend of mine from up there in, in the region, Northwest Indiana. Glad you're joining us today, Don. Great to have you. Uh, where's that little, here's that little link. If you are on Facebook. All right. So right now we are streaming live inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. We are streaming live to LinkedIn, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch live stream. If you are in Facebook. Uh, it's a private Facebook group. And so by the terms of policy, terms of privacy, terms of policy, by privacy policy, uh, Facebook is not allowed to release your information to the world. So if you're commenting from Facebook, all we see is Facebook user, perhaps on the screen. Uh, one way that you can Help us out if you'd like. I see Ryan is already connected. I see Chris Novelli is already connected. You can connect your account. You can allow Facebook to speak to Restream, which is the platform that we use here, uh, by going to the link that you see on the screen right now, chat.restream.io slash FB, which, as you may have guessed, stands for Facebook. Uh, but you can allow Facebook to talk to Restream, and then we can see your name. We can say hi. Exactly. Don't don't drive and type. That's sort of like texting and driving. So if you want, if you're in Facebook, if you're willing to do that, if you want to do that, you can go ahead and do that. Amy Baker, welcome back from Michigan. Uh, see John Jones out there. I saw Brian McCartney out there. Uh, lots of folks joining us today. So hello to everybody. Scott, we see you over there in sunny San Francisco. Glad you're joining us. And um, Tony Roberts from Auckland, New Zealand. All right. Welcome from the future. Where Tony is, it's tomorrow already. So thanks for joining us from the future, Tony. Glad that you're here with us. And that's part of the fun of finding out where everybody is right now. It looks like we're spanning all the way from California to New Zealand. So that's, uh, well, depending on which round you go around the globe, that's a, it's a pretty long trip. So thank you all for joining us. And uh, I need to say a special thank you to Catherine for hosting all of these sessions, both on Clubhouse and uh, our afternoon sessions here with Context and Clarity all week. So thank you for that, oh. Catherine. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I have an appreciation for your job now. I had <laughs> one before, said, but now I really do. <laughs> Catherine says she wants my job, I think. No, um, I don't. No, you're safe. <laughs> well, you know, you can have it on it. <laughs> Um, but, but I do appreciate it having uh, been locked away in a jury room all in a in court courtroom all week. Um, 
it's nice to know that uh, all of you are in the capable hands of Catherine and, and continuing these conversations and continuing to build this community. And that's what it's all about, which I think is a great segue to our guests, our feature for today. Like I said, um, I saw Christian's name on the screen a minute ago, Christian Nielsen Palacios on the screen. A few weeks ago, Christian said, hey, what if we had members of the Context and Clarity community as guests. So we got to know each other even better because most of the time, as you know, uh, you see me on the screen and I'm reading your comments and you know we're communicating back and forth, which is fantastic. The level of engagement on these conversations is fantastic, but we don't uh, generally get to see each other. You know, from my perspective and Catherine experienced this this week, this is pretty much an hour of me sitting and looking at myself and talking to myself and reading your comments. It's a bizarre. Right? <laughs> it is bizarre. It really is. Uh, it's it's uh, from from this side of the screen. It's a little strange. So why not get to know um, the context and clarity community? And this really has, I think, blossomed into a community, which is thanks to. Um, so why not get to know the community better? So today we've got three guests with us. And uh, we're going to make this a regular feature, I think, where we bring on, you know, we spotlight people from the context and clarity community. We get to know each other a little bit better. We hear some origin stories and then, and then you can ask questions. We'll turn it into an ask me anything session here in, uh, in just a few minutes. So if you're listening right now on the podcast version of this, uh, maybe Monday, what's Monday's date, um, May 3rd or later, um, we're going to feature three guests from the Context and Clarity community, all three architects. I'll introduce them here individually, but uh, we'll, and then we'll kick off a conversation with everyone as a group. So again, thanks for joining us today. As you come in, say hi. Let us know that you're here. Let us know uh, where you're coming into the conversation from. And um, again, this is the Entree Architect Context and Clarity Live session for a Thursday, April 29th, 2021. Believe it or not, we've pretty much made it through, well, one more day, right? One more day. And then we will have made it through another month. <laughs> that sounds a little like you're looking forward to getting through another month, Jeff. Yeah. It's yeah, been a long month, of, I guess. It's good to have goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've almost made it. Almost made it. All right. With that, let me uh, let me introduce our first guest. Our first guest today is a woman. She's a mom, she's a caregiver, and she's an architect. She's an author and a podcaster and the creative behind I've Never Met a Woman Architect Before. Michelle Huddle, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Catherine. Hi, hey, Michelle. You awesome. Have you, uh, good. Have, you recovered? have you recovered from your vaccine, Catherine? I am almost totally better. Okay. I have almost feel better, yeah. Much better than yesterday, which was not great. Yesterday was my second, what, second vax to two weeks past. Ah, so, congratulations. Okay. I had to have a glass of wine to celebrate that at the Hotel Dell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 good to celebrate that. And like I said, I've, I've spent the, uh, the entire week in, on jury duty. This was the first jury trial. In in person jury trial, I didn't know that going in, but for a year they haven't been doing in person jury trials in in uh, Indiana. So 
Um, so well, what a milestone, but, um, but we talked about that. Wouldn't it be nice if we all had our vaccines and we didn't have to have this courtroom spread out, you know, and, and everybody with masks on and things like that. So maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get, uh, closer to that as everybody, um, as everybody starts to get their vaccine. For those of you that don't know, obviously Michelle is an architect. She's in La Mesa, California. So, uh, where's that near San Diego? Near San Diego. Outside yes. of San Diego. Yes. So the first, the first city, the first incorporated city uh, east of San Diego. Okay. There you go. That's, there's your trivia for today, everybody. <laughs> first incorporated city east of San Diego. It's a good thing it wasn't west of San Diego or we might call it <laughs> Atlantis or something. So uh, in, in a sentence or two, Michelle, what are you working on this week? So I was up in an attic yesterday, <laughs> and then I had to go out in the. Uh, then I had to go, and then I got a ton of uh, weeds on my um, my shoes. So that was uh, that's an addition. To, I had to verify some um, structural members up in the attic for the new roof that's going to go on. And tomorrow morning, I have a. Um, I've got a meeting about these four um, houses that I'm doing in one in a tract, zone tract, okay. and in, in uh, San Diego area. Uh, yes, in La Mesa, in La Mesa. In La Mesa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. East and, um, of San Diego. Yes, and then Monday night I was with uh, the the um, founders of the Mothers in Architecture Facebook group. Nice. So we're doing a podcast for uh, Mother's Day. So we were talking about what things not to get people for Mother's Day. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> can, you, can you share that list here later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, I can even like, like no self-help books, right? No self-help yeah. books. Even if people ask for it, don't give them a self-help book. Or, uh, you it. know, maybe clothes that they didn't try on because maybe, you know, we're we might be a little bit bigger than we were and we don't want to find out on mother's day. So (laughs) fair enough. There was a a doormat actually we saw that I saw online afterward. There's a doormat doormat that uh, says mom on it. And we were thinking that that probably is not the best. That's one of the, that's not one of the best gifts. No, that's got to be a joke gift. Is that a joke? No, it was. It was in a. It was in like a major. Uh, I don't know. That's got to be a joke. Anthropology. Michelle. It was no, anthropology. No. It was no, like my mom's a doormat, yeah. and you give her a doormat. That is so <laughs> not nice. Are you, sure, are you sure it wasn't just upside down? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it probably was upside down because mom is wow upside down. Whenever my kids went to dance class, they got a tattoo that said wow. Like, oh, you got mom. Like, wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. let me, uh, let me introduce our next guest. We're, we're just going to keep adding to the screen here. So, uh, hold on to your hats, everybody. We're going to try to, we've been trying to break the internet for a while, simulcasting these all over the internet. Now we're going to try to break restream itself. Uh, yeah, I- so with that, um, <laughs> let me introduce our next guest. Uh, so our next guest today, we've got a mom now, or two moms actually, now on the screen, and uh, we're going to introduce a dad. He's an architect and an activist. He's a designer and a builder in the sticks of northern Vermont, 20 minutes south of Canada, and the founder of Great Blue Heron Studio Architects, Jay Caroli. 
There he is. There's Jay. Welcome to Context and Clarity Live, Jay. Hi. It's um, what are you doing this week? Fun to be here. <laughs> um, I so so I, I hang on a second. I, let me take a breath. I, I can't stop laughing. That no clothes on Mother's Day. We're gonna we're wearing clothes on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> no no clothes. <laughs> Because that wouldn't be Mother's Day. But anyway, so we're wearing clothes on Mother's Day. Day. Don't buy clothes. Don't buy clothes for your mother on Mother's Day. Okay. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> Chris, I think, Chris I think it's okay. Honestly, it's okay not to wear clothes on Mother's Day, too. That's your choice. Where do you go from there? This I is don't know. Be too much for me to read. I have to read and no, you don't have to read. You just talk about yourself now, Jay. And well, no, I read. Michelle, Michelle's going to be laughing about no clothes on Mother's no, Day. No, 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 no. I, no, I want to listen. We're, we're, we're demonstrating yeah. the fact that you shouldn't be reading. <laughs> well, there was some stuff up there a minute ago that nobody should have read, uh, uh, and it looks think, like he's. They are yeah, gone. Catherine, Catherine took care of that. Of what the troll guy? I was not paying attention, and he was saying some things that shouldn't have been said. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Catherine's our troll killer. Yeah, except I forgot how to kill trolls, but I got it again. So if I'm ready for the next one, we'll bring him. What's bring going him on, on, Jay? So this morning, um, a neighbor's cow had a calf two days ago. So no. I went over and picked up five gallons of milk for my pigs. Um, what? <laughs> I did. I did not think you were going to say that, Jay. Well, yeah, that's why I said it. That's I. <laughs> that's my week. But that, but that's what architects do in the sticks of Vermont. When you're this far north um, and you're this rural, this is what you do. Yep. You've got to slug the pigs. I don't know. Pigs ate and drank milk. I guess. I guess they do. They'll eat anything, Catherine. Um, and <laughs> fresh cow's milk is a treat. And everyone has said that your your pork meat, your pork will taste like what you fed your pigs. So if you're giving your pigs fresh cow's milk, you're going to get the sweetest pork you've ever had. Oh, but you have to eat the pig to get that, which is kind of sad. <laughs> you can just lick it, but. <laughs> oh God. Why, why well, can't you just why can't you just drink milk if you want something that tastes like milk? Okay. Sure. Well, anyway, you could just go straight for the milk. That, that seems pretty basic, really. I mean, honestly, hey Jeff, I thought on. I thought we were doing origin stories. We're, we're going to get to origin stories in here in just a second. Let me introduce our final guest for the day. Uh, uh, The last guest that I need to introduce today uh, is an artist and he's a mandolinist. Mm -hmm. He's an architect and a bluegrass aficionado and he's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. James Polk, welcome to Context and Clarity. Hi, everybody. Hi. Glad you're joining us. How's your week going, James? Uh, going good. It's uh, busy, but uh, that's good, right? It is good. Any any cows or pigs? No cows or pigs. Uh, okay. Just just humans on this end. A dog, a greyhound. Okay. And just to be clear, you're, you're not eating them, right? As a matter of fact, Catherine, no, I'm not eating them because I'm vegan. Ah. <laughs> there you go. So. Good, well. Or ninety nine point something percent. Yeah, my my I'm I'm a 
I'm a health vegan. My uh, wife's an ethical vegan, which means eating the pig is like eating your grandmother. Well, but, not that your grandmother's a pig, but yes, I know what you mean. But but uh, <laughs> but but I but I uh, joined in for health reasons and never went back. Nice. Mm. Very nice. So here, here's an interesting bit of trivia for all of you that are out there uh, watching and listening to this right now. I'm looking at the screen now with these four folks, and every single one of them is a musician. So we were we were in, before we went live. Um, like it, as I introduced James, I talked about the fact that he's a mandolinist. I actually had to look that up. What, you know, what do you call someone that plays a mandolin? Uh, there you go. There's a mandolin. Jay nice has, I, I see at least two necks behind him, I think. Um, so Jay's got guitars and other stringed instruments. Uh, Michelle pulled out a flute. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine has a, there you go. Catherine has a fiddle, uh, yeah. or probably six. And uh, so I'm thinking that at some point this may break into some music, but the only mm. the only thing I have is is an old you know first generation iPod. So well, we need uh, people to listen to music as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so music and architecture are, are very similar. A lot of lots of commonalities. In fact, Frank Lloyd Wright called his building symphonies in stone. Yeah. And listened to Bach and Beethoven. Um, uh, uh, put 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 a speaker up in Romeo and Juliet windmill and uh, broadcast it over the uh, valley of the God Almighty Joneses in um, in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Spring Green. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I did a, a podcast with Vern Swaback, and he was talking about how you know that that uh, Mrs. Wright used to make him sit down and play the piano because he played so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first tour I took of of Taliesin, uh, there was a, a, a hand went up of a nine year old kid whose dad was a, a concert master in uh, uh, coincidentally the Jackson, Mississippi Orchestra. Uh, and uh, his hand went up after the tour and and he asked the docent, why is there a piano in every room? I don't remember the answer, but th the question said it all. Nice. Very nice. So how speaking with, with all this tied together, you're all, you're all musicians of, of some sort. W was there for you, James, was there some sort of tie with your origin story of, of music and architecture or are they just sort of parallels or, or something? Well, I, I, it, there was uh, a, it was more of a toggle. I, 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 when I was in high school, I was, uh, I, I always, uh, I always loved to draw and I was uh, mesmerized by uh, uh, skylines and cityscapes and uh, so I was very interested in architecture, but I was very interested in music as well, in uh, uh, choral music, but also band. And uh, and so I, I was I was looking at okay, is it music or architecture? And I made the decision that uh, that I could go into architecture, and uh, music could be an avocation. Uh, and as it uh, turned out, the music. Uh, really does, especially the more I get into the to the music uh, and the study of, of like for me, Bill Monroe, uh, 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 who who uh, the father of bluegrass uh, invented 
uh, uh, amalgamated the genre from mountain music and uh, jazz and swing and blues and put it together for uh, a, a new uh, a, a new language in music. Well, similar to Frank Lloyd Wright and well, Bill Monroe and Frank Lloyd Wright both had about a 70 year career of creating their uh, their art. And uh, and they kept reinventing themselves as they went along. I mean, Bill Monroe's music, when he they wrote when he was 75, is much different and uh, uh, more developed than the music uh, uh, when he was uh, uh, 25, 35, 45. And same with uh, Mr. Wright. Uh, people sometimes say, I've had people say to me, uh, I'd like for you to design a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Well, that's impossible because I'm not Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, and, and if I did copy a Frank Lloyd Wright building, it would fall flat because it would just be a, a monkey parody of something. It would be a cartoon. It wouldn't be a real building because his buildings were, belonged where they were on the ground in that specific on that specific piece of ground. So if you take it anywhere else and like, for, for instance, Taliesin in Wisconsin, and Taliesin West and Scottsdale, Arizona, completely different buildings, completely different buildings, but both uh, uh, spring out of the natural setting. Everything lush and green in Wisconsin, everything hard-edged and dry in the desert, and the manifestation came out of that. So for me, music has been important. Uh, the more I, uh, the deeper I dive into music, the more I, uh, I understand architecture, I think. And I have a little side project that I've been working on a little bit uh, 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 called Symphonies in Stone, the architecture of Frank Lloyd Wright and the music of Beethoven, which uh, uh, is kind of slowly making some progress, but we'll see where that goes. That's interesting. Uh, Jay, do you have you know, a, a similar, similar story since you have all the stringed instruments in the background or what's your connection with music and, and architecture, if any. I was really enjoying listening to James talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Mike, so I've always loved music. I've had guitars since I was, well, I, I guess we had to get a, a mandolin or a, or a ukulele first because I was, I was too small for a guitar. Um, I'll throw this out there just because um, James is here, but I played on the main stage at Gray Fox. Oh yeah. Who else knows what that is? Well, that's why I, that's why I'm great festival for you. Great yeah. bluegrass festival. Um, and my connection now used to be, to, go, go ahead. It used no, to be winter hawk. used to be winter hawk years ago. And, and there still is a winter hawk, right? It, didn't it, didn't it, we can get into this because yeah. <laughs> nobody else knows what we're talking about. Um, so my connection to, to instruments is, is for, so I held up a, a saxophone and I look at a saxophone yeah. and I'm amazed at, you know, it has to have, it has to start and stop in the right place. I don't know where my, right perfect and it has to have all the all the keys have to be the right size and the right shape in the right place um and it's beautiful i i i find all the instruments beautiful you know michelle held up a a, a flute 
Um, the guitars are beautiful. I've got banjos and, and all kinds of other instruments in the other room. And I collect them not because I'm a great musician, but because I, I really enjoy um, the aesthetic beauty and the functionality of them. And, I, and maybe that's the tie to, to architecture. That's, that's interesting. And I know a little bit about, about Jay, um, you know, you're up there in, up there in Vermont and fairly rural area. Right. And we've talked about barns and, and things like that before. Is there a, is that a tie? Is it the functional beauty of the agrarian architecture? Um, you know, is, is that somehow a tie to the instruments, the aesthetic beauty of the instruments? Yeah, I think that's that, that all ties together, right? I mean, and I love art. I love art that's that that is good for another reason as well. But um, but but architecture and the instruments and agrarian uh, uses and, and grain mills and I, I I think we're all attracted to them, you know. And I grew up in New Jersey, and I can drive up the Jersey Turnpike, and I can look at some of those structures and go, wow, you know. They don't smell good, but boy, they're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, it's, I'm glad you can separate those things. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> so, Michelle, you, like Jay said, you held up the flute. Do you still play the flute or is that? No, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, did, I played from like the fourth to the eighth grade, but then I didn't want to be in the high school band. So, and then I, I just had too much stuff going on. And and I wasn't really, I, I didn't excel at it. And I just figured I would, you know, by, in the ninth grade, I'd actually have to start trying really hard. And I I just wasn't, it, I had other things going on. I've always, you know, I've always been interested in, in art and, um, you know, in design. I mean, I was just, I was just more in into that than I was. But I did, um I made all three of the kids play the flute. Oh, we bought another like, one. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's why we have it, and and I'll get it out every once in a while. But I would I would never play in front of everybody here. <laughs> we should you should parade the kids out one by one, and and we can <laughs> you know we can hold up numbers. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah. get a doormat for Mother's Day if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so so you only played the flute through the eighth grade yeah. <laughs> total lack of segue here how'd you get into architecture <laughs> was that the beginning the quit quitting the that, flute actually, that was in eighth, in eighth grade yeah in eighth grade and i mean i've, I've you know i've given my story before an entre architect and things like that but yeah in the eighth grade they asked us uh um we had a health class and that health in the health class, they said, well, "What what do you want to do? You know, for the rest of your life, what what occupation do you want to do?" Yeah. So you know that was back in the day, right? We didn't have computers or anything. We just had a little card file, and you would go through the cards and looked, and on each of the cards was a description, you know, with a title and a description of, of what that field, you know, that what that career was. So we were supposed to pick three. So I picked uh, drafting, um, uh, architecture. Well, architecture. Artist, or artist drafting and um architecture I wasn't sure my math skills really weren't good um and they might still not be good probably not but um uh and so you know I'd kind of been told that you know there was a lot of math in it so I just figured okay well I'll do architecture and then 
I really wanted to be an artist, but I didn't know if there was going to be any money in it. And then drafting because I could probably, you know, draft, but I wouldn't need like the math background. So that was that was what kind of set me on the course for architecture. So um, in ninth grade, I started to do in there. We did have like some in eighth grade in the shop class because, you know, then they had opened up um, the shop classes to to girls. You know, until that time, it wasn't open for girls. Um, and so, yeah. And so, so, so I had my first experience of at drafting. Um, and let's see. Uh, also, um, I'm, I'm like looking at Rod's comments. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, which I should stop. I'm going to take off the chat overlay. <laughs> so it doesn't distract you. Michelle's got a Jethro Tell cover band. Yeah, great. Catherine just hit all the comments, so Michelle can't read anymore. I know. No, gonna, I'll put them back on again. But anyway, anyway, so then in uh, in ninth grade, I took um, art, and then in tenth grade, there was a drafting class that was offered. So I took this drafting class. I was probably one of only uh, three girls in the drafting class, and then in um, uh, 11th and 12th grade, there was a technical school option that you could go half the, half a day to high school and then half a day to technical school. So I got like a two year, um, you know, kind of taste. And then one of the, you know, of, of drafting different, you know, machine parts and everything. And then, then we also, you know, designed a house. So, um, and I have actually have that house and I've put it in my blog before because it just, it's, it's kind of funny because it, it makes, no sense. I mean, some of it does. Some of it, it does. But otherwise, I was like, why did I put that there? You know, and um, I also I also went to art school on Saturdays at Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, so that kind of gave me a good art background. Um, and I've always, you know, drawn and painted even even from a young age. When I was in a when I was in the first grade, one of my art teachers said, would you like to come to take classes at my at my house you know and she asked some of the other people and I asked my parents and you know they said yeah so I, I you know I was able to to get some you know some real good art skills from a very young age you know not that I didn't have I mean you know I kind of looking back I, I did have you know kind of a creative upbringing I mean my my parents are you know kind of the 60s parents my um, my dad drew and he had worked for an architect for a little bit. And my stepdad is a design engineer. He designs printing presses. And, you know, my mom was kind of always, you know, she, she always took us to the library and, um, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh. And so there was a lot, you know, we went to Carnegie Mellon you know, um, Museum, you know, to see all of the, you know, the art and, you know, and the dinosaurs, they have a fantastic dinosaur collection and everything. So, so that was kind of, you know, the way that I was raised. But also, you know, we were into, you know, camping and kind of, you know, doing things like that also. So I was, you know, you were talking about pulling the cards out of the, out of the box, which, you know, brings up, brings back memories. But, and, and then you went into, you know, what, one or two girls or whatever in the drafting class. What was the reaction of your teacher as a as a girl in eighth or ninth grade, whatever it was, and you said I want to be an architect. Did they was was there any 
any reaction to to that because you were a girl or was it just okay um not not in the eighth grade and definitely not from my family i mean i i had no resistance from from my own family um in in that so um and then when i was uh and in the tenth, in the tenth grade, when we were in that drafting class, I mean, I I think that you know, I mean, the teacher was a man, but he was, I think, he was very protective of us. I mean, I can remember one time because, you know, the girls in the class, you know, we were we were very good. <laughs> so even even the ones that did, you know, so it's like they really couldn't give us any of that. And I think probably, I mean, there was one, there was one. Uh, one thing that I could, well, somebody threw like one of those uh, erasers, you know, those, I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time, right? And those, those erasers that you, those, the race that you used to like take the dirt off of the drawings with. Oh, yeah. 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 Scum like that. So I think they like threw it, they threw it across the room and I don't know whether they hit me or like somebody else, but anyway, that, that person obviously got in trouble for that, but I don't, I don't know. That's not even like just a woman thing, right? That's if you're going to throw something across the thing, you're going to get in trouble no matter what. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, in my senior year of high school or maybe 11th grade, I, the guidance counselor uh, brought me in and she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be an architect. And she said, well, I believe it was in my senior year. Um, and, I, and she said, well, you know, you, you don't have enough math right now. So for any of the colleges around here, you know, you're not going to be able to you know, apply to them because you don't have the math. And I said, you know, at that point, my, my family had already moved to California and I had already applied to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And they told me that I couldn't, you know, it was a, an impacted program. So I couldn't apply because I wasn't a resident of California yet. And my parents weren't residents of California yet. You know, so they had already found out that, you know, that I could go to community college there, you know, and establish residency and then transfer to Cal Poly. You know, so so that's basically what I told the guidance counselor. I said, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm not going to go to school around here. I'm going to California. <laughs> so. Yeah, and see, I thought I thought you were going to say, yeah, well, that's where the name of my blog came from, Jeff. It's I never... <laughs> My eighth grade teacher said I'd never met a woman architect before. No, um, no, that's, that's that would have been perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's what people say now. <laughs> even like that's what people still? even even still now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Say, they oh, say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and especially like Catherine, your your husband's an architect, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so he doesn't usually say, say he like, doesn't say that. No, 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 no. I know, I know. But, but as far as if you're an architecture couple, you know, it's like when people they'll say, "Oh, well, I knew that, you know, he was an architect, but I didn't know that you were an architect." And yeah. I said, "Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an architect too." So, and, and then they'll say, "Oh, well, um, you know, oh, I've never met a woman architect before." Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of interesting that they haven't. <laughs> Well, they don't. They don't get out much. Apparently. They mostly they just get out. Don't know, right? They, they just they probably they don't, just know. don't know. Yeah, yeah. they don't know. Uh, yeah. For don't all know of you that are, for all of you that are out there in the uh, live studio audience, as Catherine has put up on your screen, we're gonna we're gonna keep this conversation going with Michelle and and Jay and James, but we also uh, want your questions. We want your comments, so you can. Uh, this is your opportunity to get to know three people from the Context and Clarity community who you probably feel like you know already. 
you know, I, I think I recorded in the uh, podcast this morning that there are a lot of people, right? We've been doing been doing, doing context and clarity since the beginning of April of last year. And there are a lot of people that, and, and I've, I've met some of these folks in person, you know, in a past life, you know, pre-COVID or <laughs> however we're classifying those things now. But there are a lot of people that I feel like I know really, really well many of whom I've never even seen their face before and certainly have never met before. So this is, I think this is one of the great things about uh, Christian's idea of starting this feature is getting to know and being able to see and, and hear from uh, a few members of the community at a time. So if you have, uh, if you have questions uh, or comments, put them up on the screen. Chris says, uh, Chris Novelli says, would love to hear some stories or challenges from the early years of your firm. So let me start with James on that one, because I know you, you've had some different iterations, like I'm sure most, uh, mm-hmm. most have. Um, what about you, James? Well, any, one thing, any challenges from the early days? One thing that uh, comes to mind, and it wasn't the earliest of days, but I had been, um, uh, had my firm for about 10 years and I was in my, I had moved back from DC. I started in DC, uh, out of college. I went to uh, Washington DC. My first job was with HOK. I was there for several years and got licensed and then, uh, started my own firm in DC, moved back to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, my hometown. Um, I would come back and visit folks and drive up and down the main street and think, boy, I could do better than that. And, uh, <laughs> As as you would when as one would when um, he's in his uh, late twenties, and uh, so I came back and uh, started a firm and uh, uh, or moved my firm back to my hometown and uh, grew uh, pretty well. And this is a small metropolitan area, maybe 100, 140,000 uh, population in the metro area. So and there's, I mean, you can count the architects on two hands. And so I uh, grew the firm and I uh, was taking on every single project and uh, uh, got up to 15 people in my firm uh, for at, at one point. And, uh, and then after, it, it, I, after the decade, this is the decade of, of, of the 90s, uh, towards the end of the decade, uh, I was right on the precipice of uh, of. Uh, growing to the next level. I'd kind of stabilized that there were about 10 people in the firm. Uh, and, uh, uh, just, and, and I, I had these, uh, I started to develop a client base and, uh, and then, uh, uh, in about three weeks time, the four big projects that I had lined up just for crazy reasons, just went poof. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm there, you know, on the phone with this. Are you, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, reasons that didn't have anything to do with me or anything uh, uh, that I did wrong. In fact, some of them had to do with me doing the ethical thing. And then a couple of the projects left for for um, uh, because I I because I did the ethical thing and just poof uh, a, a good bit of my work. Uh, future work was uh, just vanished. And so, I mean, I was looking out there at 10 people making payroll. And so I made the decision to uh, uh, close up the firm, 
and uh, kind of just surrendered to because I, I literally said there's a there seems to be a plan at work here, but it's obviously not mine. So I closed up the firm and everybody got jobs. And then um, uh, uh, and so on one level, it's like this vision I had of what the firm would be in just in the matter of a few months, gone gone. Uh, uh, and so, uh, but went up, visit a friend, uh, in, uh, Minneapolis, came back through, uh, Wisconsin, went on the tour of Taliesin. And as the bus was coming around the corner of Taliesin, I was choking back tears. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, seeing his buildings was, uh, in high school was the reason I became an architect. And this was 20 years on from that. All right. Uh, by this time, 40, I guess. And uh, one thing led to another. And then I was easiest thing I ever did in my life. I wound up right across the street from Taliesin in a house that was rumored to be that's not documented, but rumored to be Frank Lloyd Wright's first design. It was for his his aunt when he was 17, built when he was 17. So uh, uh, and and working as a draftsman for a Frank Lloyd Wright apprentice who went there in the 1940s, has, has had his own practice. And so I spent, uh, took a sabbatical, a year turned into two years, three years, four years. I wound up staying up there for five years and, uh, and at the end, I got to know uh, all the living apprentices, the senior apprentices at Taliesin and started developing relationships with them and got to ask them questions about firsthand experiences with Frank Lloyd Wright. And, uh, and at a certain point, uh, you know, also young architect, I'm like showing him my portfolio. Hey, look at this, you know, and they're like, mm, okay. And, uh, but, uh, at towards, at a certain point, they asked me to come on as faculty and I taught there for a year and a half. And, uh, uh, and when I, when I was teaching there, I lived at the house. I lived at Taliesin and I lived at Taliesin West uh, in the migration. And so what turned out to be what, what, what seemed to be a total obliteration of my career turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I never would have had those experiences if uh, everything had just had just gone smoothly. If everything had gone like I had planned it, I would my career would have been a lot more vanilla than it is now. So I would like to say that to all of the architects out there that just because you have a vision of what needs to happen and if it doesn't happen, I would say be thankful for that and, and lean into it and uh, see where it takes you. That's great advice. That's a very cool story too, by the way, that, um, um, yeah, we don't know. You know, we just don't know don't where, know. where it's headed. Don't know. So, so we think we're in control, but, uh, but uh, circumstances move and you really just got to go with the, go with the flow of the circumstances. The, sometimes the more you resist it, the, the worse things get. And um, sometimes just a change of direction is the answer. Yeah. I think that's, that's great advice. Um, See, I don't know who's it's, it says Facebook user Catherine, but there's a good question for Jay up there about the rural. Leslie, uh, Leslie, Leslie. Asked that question. Would you like me to highlight that one? 
if you would, please. I think that's a good one because I know that there are a number of people in the community that are in a uh, in, in rural practicing in rural or or oh, less we're populated wrong, wrong, area. Wrong one. Sorry, oh, that was sorry. another question for Jay. Oh, that was the, that was about the that was about the safety net for. I thought we were going to talk about our yeah, passive sorry. income plan, but we can, we can come back to that one too. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, don't don't let me stop you. I will find the comment. You go ahead and ask Jay the question. All right. It's uh, I'd like to hear Jay explain some of the struggles, challenges, opportunities of growing a firm in a rural area. And I think uh, I think rural area, obviously, uh, because there, like I said, there are some in the community, but also uh, places like Hattiesburg. You know, you just James, you just described it as a smaller metropolitan area. Uh, La Mesa is a little bit larger, being just east of San Diego. Um, but what about people that are not in in large metropolitan areas? What's it like practicing in a rural area, Jay? And this question is from Jake Flitton, just for the record. All right. Thanks, Jacob. So I'm in an area, to give you a, a sense of, of how rural I am, the, the village where I am <laughs> has a population of about 600. Well, that's that's um, bigger big- than I thought after your pig story. I mean, I was envisioning well, like fourteen of you or something. There's, there's a, there are a few that that have less than six hundred, but six hundred is pretty small, Catherine. Um, the nearest big city has about three thousand, and I can go there and rent a beautiful office space in a renovated old brick three-story Montgomery Ward building for sixty-five dollars a month. What? Why do you have to say things like that, Jay? Well, that's not good news. <laughs> I guess yeah, it's how not. How does that translate into fees? It, it translates into fees. Um, and, it, and it translates into, um, yeah, into the economy of the area. Um, and so what I've, what I've learned being here is that, um, is that we need money from out of state, uh, and so that's what I rely on now is, is, you know, my, my last best customers have been from LA, London, Boston, DC, and somewhere in Florida. Um, and so, so we have some people locally and, and a lot of that work um, I do for, for the folks from, from the Quaker church or um, from Habitat or, and, and those are, those are jobs that, um, that I'm happy to work on, um, but, but they don't, they don't pay the, uh, pay the bills for the family. Um, so yeah. Is it possible, you, you know, this idea of, of people from out of state, you know, and you and I have talked about that before the LA and the London and everything. I think about, and I've, I've told my origin story before, you know, talk, going, going to my dad's parents' house, especially they used to have a little small working farm, working dairy farm, uh, down in, in Georgia. Um, and we used to go there all the time as an escape from Atlanta, you know, when, when we lived down there, Th- that area certainly needs some architects, probably not too many, uh, dom- dominated by the, uh, by the timber companies, you know, a lot of paper, you know, acres and acres, millions of acres of pine trees. Is it possible to practice in an area like that if you don't have, um, you know, 
people coming back to build vacation homes. I mean, that's not an area where I'd build a vacation home, you know. Um, what do you do if you can't find those people, the the LAs and the Londons, et cetera? I raise pigs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have as many pigs down there, but they have cows. So, so I moved up from New Jersey about 20 years ago, and I was, I was um, very deliberate about it. I grew up, my parents were both teachers, and we spent our summers in Vermont. We had, my parents had a friend that, that had an A-frame about a half a mile from a lake, and they would come up and use the A-frame every weekend, or, or, or not every weekend. They'd use it one week out of the summer, and we'd use it the rest of the summer. Um, and we'd overlap a little bit with them because they had kids our age and they were, they were still good friends. Um, and when my parents retired uh, back in 1980, they moved to Vermont. And I stayed, I, well, I was in Florida when they moved to Vermont um, because I had grown up in the restaurant business. Um, I started out washing dishes before I was legal to work in a restaurant and was a kitchen manager at 16 was a bartender at 17 and a general manager at 18. And by about 22, I decided that um, my primary function, the more, the drunker I got people, the more money I made. And that was. That's a good. Um... It was unfulfilling, Catherine. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that still your practice? I think that's usually true. And does that work for architecture? Yes, you know, I haven't tried it that way yet. It does. That's the key. <laughs> I haven't tried it that way yet. Hmm. Um, maybe they'll be more accepting of my design if they're drunk. <laughs> so yeah, I, I the, more, they, the more money I'll make. Yeah, like, okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it seems like clients that are drinking when you're meeting with them, they just, they don't remember anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> the, good or, the good or the bad. <laughs> Mostly oh, that's good. how to break the bat. Too. Yeah. yeah. There, there was an interesting question a few minutes ago, Catherine, from Brian McCartney. Um, yes. If you could go back to the start of your firm, what would you do differently? I know you've been you've been doing this a couple of years, Michelle, maybe three. Um, <laughs> if you could go back to the very beginning, what would you do differently? I would have uh, yeah, 27, 27 years ago, I started my practice after my first was born. Um, you could have stuck with three, really, you know? <laughs> three. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally fine with that. But um, uh, yeah, I, I probably would have um, asked for more help from other people. I mean, I tend to like, I tend to try to do everything myself and then, um, and then because I can do it myself, it's like I think that people think like, oh, she doesn't need any help when I do need help. And then I probably ask for help after, you know, it's too late or something. So um, so I, I think I would, you know, ask for help more often, um, maybe have more of a plan. I mean, I kind of just, you know, I kind of just decided, oh, let's let's see if it works. You know, I won't go back to work after I have a baby. And then three weeks later you know, one of the architects that I had worked with at another firm, you know, said, oh, okay, you know, he called up and said, hey, do you want to, are you ready to go back to work again? You know, as far as doing consulting work for him. And then, you know, I did consulting work for people and, and I got projects on my own. And, 
And so it never really seemed like I had a business plan. And so like 27 years later, I'm like, well, I, you know, I guess I should put together a business plan. You know, so people were always like somebody the other day called up and said, oh, well, I want to know like how you set up your firm and how you did it like at the very beginning. And I was like, uh, I, I, maybe I'm not the person to, for you to ask about that because it was just kind of, it was just serendipitous, you know? <laughs> Can I say what I one thing Please. that I would do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, that I well, actually, actually, this comment. Let me preface it by by saying that uh, that uh, um, um, if well, I'm not going to preface it. I would have loved to have had the entree architect community yeah. in it when I started out because I I in retrospect. I was really going it alone. I mean, once I went in, but I mean, I mean, I, 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 I didn't start out saying, "Oh, I'm never going to have a partner." It just never a, a partner didn't appear that I was compatible with. So, and unfortunately, in in my little town, the architects here are very competitive and not collaborative. And uh, so I was really going it alone. And this last uh, year of uh, especially context and clarity and having all of these issues coming out helped me to even though maybe I've experienced a lot of the things that we talk about, it sharpens it sharpens my knife, really. Uh, And as, as as you get older, actually. It's not that you mail it in, but you sometimes you look, take little shortcuts because it's like, well, you know, I'm just not into 16-hour days anymore. And uh, uh, but having the community at, talk about issues and sometimes issues that, okay, yeah, I guess I should be aware of that issue, but I put it out of my mind. And then issues that I'm I'm dealing with, and somebody has an insight, it just helps me get. Uh, I mean, clarity is a great great uh, title for the program helps me get a little clarity, uh, but it also helps me feel like I'm not alone doing this. And, uh, and so over the last year, it, it's, it's really sharpened my game. I mean, after, I mean, I've, I've been in practice 30 years, but it's really sharpened my game to the point where I went out and bought this. And this is, this is a 1926 Gibson, Gibson, the Gibson, beautiful tone. Well, I got to pick in there, but, but I went, I went out there. Listen to that beautiful, beautiful tone. This is the second most expensive instrument in the house next to my wife's grand piano. But, uh, uh, I went out and I was able to write a check for it and not lose any sleep over it. And, uh, that was a very satisfying feeling to not feel like I had either I didn't have the money or I had to hold the money back because I didn't know where the next job was coming from. So it's helped me plan. It's helped me look into the future. Uh, And that's the thing that I would have liked to have had as a community of architects to bounce things off of. I love that example because I know even though they're, even though we have entree architect and you think about, in the Facebook group, there's something like 7,100 members or something like that. And I don't know, I haven't looked at the statistics lately, but 
even if a large number of those of that seven thousand are um, uh, are active in the group, let's just say it's five thousand, just for round numbers. That means that there's hundreds of thousands of architects that are not right. They're not in that group, and there's other other things out there, but but there's an awful lot of people going it alone. There's an awful lot of people reinventing the wheel. Um, they don't know any better. They want to reinvent the wheel, whatever, whatever the reason is. But uh, thank you for saying that. And and that big package of M&Ms is on its way. <laughs> Chase disappointed. They still haven't arrived. I told them they'd be there by the end of, end of our conversation. Don't believe him, James. He promised me M&Ms too. He told me blue. Blue well, it doesn't, it doesn't, they're not, they're not coming. It doesn't so matter. the truth is, <laughs> bottom line doesn't matter what color they will not arrive. Right. No, and no, no, no little finger sandwiches either. <laughs> no. We got to step the up our game. The matter, Green room the was totally could, empty. The neighbor kids are going through the package of M&Ms right now and they're separating out, separating out the greens for Jay and the blues for James. And uh, Michelle, what color did you want? <laughs> oh, look, look what Nicole said. This is really sweet. I think. But Nicole says, I agree. Just being, part of this, just being part of this group and knowing I have a network behind me and get advice from has made me feel more confident in myself. I'm just as lost as the rest of you, but not lost and alone anymore. That's the way I feel too. I'm not lost and alone. I'm still lost, but not alone. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We could be nomads together, I guess. Yeah. We should get together for a, uh, a, a, a festival. I think we mentioned this in the – somebody mentioned this. Maybe it was me in the green room. We should get together at Jay Caroli's for a festival and call it uh, a Jeff Eckle Fest or something like that. And uh, bring your instruments, bring your sleeping bag, and we'll go to Jay's farm and have our own little woodstock. There you go. How about that? We'll call it clear. Some pig slop. Yeah, yeah, that'll be, I mean, that'll be fun. Echo yeah. stock. I think that's what you. Echo stock. Yeah. Echo stock. Yeah. Echo stock. stock. Yeah. Right. That would definitely be fun. I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> we're calling <laughs> we're If you're listening to this. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, you know we've just got to apologize now because you don't get to see the uh, the comments that are are streaming along the side right now. But uh, but there's some we're having some fun today. There's some good comments. Oh, Echo Palooza is good. Yeah, I kind of like that one. Echo Palooza. Yeah. You could do that one. You could do that one. Yeah, Echo Palooza. That's the best one. <laughs> Let's see. What, what's this? I'm starting my own architecture firm, but besides listening to Entree Architect, I'm blessed to have a group. There you go. Group of friends who are doing that too. So we meet weekly for support to sh- share our personal stories and accountability. We also invite other architects. That you know, that's that's fantastic. Who is right? that? That is Luciana Triplett. And the rest of her comment says, we also invite other architects to share their experience with us. So if anyone here would like to do so, please let me know. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, it's, so one of the things, right, and this is not a, not necessarily a commercial for Entree Architect Academy, but there, there's a, um, there's a mastermind level that you, if you wanted to join, you could become a part of a mastermind inside Entree Architect, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
we often call context and clarity, or I often call, Rod calls our uh, context and clarity conversations, our week daily mini mastermind group. There, there's all kinds of opportunities, whether you start it yourself or you find another one, to build communities like this. If we, if we think back to the Seth Godin conversation that we had, I don't know, Catherine, how many weeks ago was that? Six weeks ago, maybe now? Talking about... Um, one of the things that he said was think about building community and supporting community. And I think, um, you know, th this is a great example. And Catherine, you, I know you wanted to say something. Yeah, I'm just wondering, why do we call it mini mastermind when it should be kind of mega mastermind? Because yeah. there's so many people in it as every single day. It's I mean, that mini. would be like not many. It's like Jay and I are in the same mastermind, but it's once a week. So to me, this seems like way more intense. So we've got to rename it. All right, Mega Roger. mastermind. I think Rod, we've up. got to uh, rebrand it. Yeah. A Mondo yeah. Mastermind or Rod something big. <laughs> That's good. Thanks for joining us for our Mondo Mastermind. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to. Mondo Mastermind. You just have to practice. process. <laughs> the, the processor may be a little bit slow right now. Um, I know we've we've made it to the top of the hour very very quickly today, which is fun. I mean that's that's one of the great things about conversations like this. So as we as we head out, well, first of all, let me let me just give you a preview of tomorrow because um, tomorrow for context and clarity, we'll, we'll go back to our um, mini series on digital and social media platforms, uh, things you can do online, basically. Uh, as an architect, uh, it, it'll be a little bit different because it's not technically, you know, it's not like we're talking Facebook. It's not like we're talking about uh, uh, what we Clubhouse, I think we talked about last week. Um, we're going to talk about podcasting for architects tomorrow. So it's not technically a digital or social platform. It's, it's content. It's a content platform, but it's definitely digital. Uh, or I guess maybe you could press it on a record. I don't know. But anyway. Mm -hmm. no. Um, no? Okay. No, you can't. Don't lead people astray, Jeff. Columbia House. It could be Columbia House for Architects. Yeah. Podcast on Do people uh, even know what Columbia House is anymore? Probably not. <laughs> well, we all do. That's the thing that matters. I still no. owe them money. <laughs> That's why they're That's not around anymore. <laughs> For those yeah. of you that don't know, James was the downfall of Columbia House Records. Right. It, I, the stacks of uh, invoices just keep piling up. There you go. Every month, every month, you get a new re new record. That's the way. It, Ten for ninety nine cents. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Only in the beginning. But the good news is you can get podcasts for free. Yeah, there they're perfect. They're podcasts. totally free. They're totally free. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. There, I, I was thinking about this as we were planning out weeks and, and weeks ahead. And almost every single one of our Context and Clarity live guests so far have their own podcast. Catherine's got a podcast. I've got a podcast. I know many of you yep. have podcasts. Michelle has a podcast. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow. The opportunities, uh, the things that you could do with a podcast. Uh, as an architect. And so that, that'll be the topic for tomorrow. We'll talk about that on Clubhouse tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. And of course, Context and Clarity at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the uh, Entre Architect Community Facebook group. But before we close out, I know someone asked this, I guess it was Leslie, right, that asked this question earlier. Um, I, I kind of flipped it around on, on Catherine, but she was um, 
talking about this idea that Jay had presented oh, yeah, that um, a month or two ago, maybe, or longer. I don't remember. Um, but this idea of a safety net, is that what we want to call it? A way to support each other uh, as small business owners, as uh, small firm architects. So, uh, Jay, can you tell us about the project to create a safety net for solo and small firm architects? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's a project yet. It's, um, it's an idea, and 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 the idea came from um, somebody in the group being ill, and they're a solo architect, and and people ran to support him, and I and I thought that was fantastic, and I liked seeing that, and I thought, you know, what. What about the rest of the people who who aren't seen, and how do we support them? Um, and so, um, you know, being up here in 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 the sticks of Vermont, when your neighbor's barn burns down, the neighbors run over and save the animals, pull out the sheep and the cows, put them in their barn, uh, help around the, the the house and the farm, and then rebuild the barn. Um, and, and there was there was a farmer that that I've done some work with in the past, and um, he's a big organic farmer up here, um, and he had a farm a fire, and his support came out in such a large amount because he was so well known, had such a great personality, um, similar to the person who got sick on Entree Architect. You know, they're they're public figures, or, or they're and they're well known and they're liked, they're loved, um, and so they're supported. Um, and so I took that idea to say, you know, is there a way that we can support each other? And that's kind of where I left it. And then um, if anybody's listening that's interested, um, reach out to me and, and you can join the Facebook page that we started. And in there right now, we're, we're well, there it is. Um, thank you, Catherine. She's good. Oh, no, that wasn't me. I oh. that, that was Jeff. You could have okay. taken the credit for that. Uh, huh. Jeff's good, too, I guess. All right. <laughs> Jeff's better than I am. I wouldn't say that. Um, and so and so, we, it's grown into a couple of different ideas, you know, startup money, seed money, idea money, um, and, and how do we get that money, and different ideas about how we get that money, um, and then how do we distribute that money, and... Um, yeah, so mutual aid society um, for architects and designers. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. And I, you know, I remember when this popped up in one of the context and clarity conversations, and you know, it, nothing like that had ever dawned on me. And you know, and I know the context that Jay is talking about or everything, or and, and everything. But um, yeah, wow, what 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 a need and what a powerful idea. So check out. Uh, what's on the screen right now, Artemis, is uh, is the uh, name of the group in Facebook. So check that out and um, see what you think. Maybe add some ideas there, and um, maybe maybe add some assistance there, and uh, let's figure out how to support each other. Uh, and I think maybe the the appropriate way to close out this conversation today. And uh, before we do that, I want to say thank you uh, first to Catherine, as always, for uh, for being here with me. And <laughs> you, you guys can play your way out of here if you want. Um, 
But uh, thanks to Catherine, uh, not only for today, but for filling in all week. Um, it's, been, it's been a week. And uh, to each of you, to Michelle and Jay and to James for being here. It's, I think it's a lot of fun to have members of the, the community here. And we'll probably, I'm looking at the spreadsheet right now, uh, we'll probably schedule this about every other Friday. Uh, have two or three or, or whatever number of uh, people uh, on the screen with us. And so for one of the things I would say is if you're interested, if you're willing, let me back it up to that. If you're mm-hmm. willing to be on the screen, because I know it's a leap for some people. If you're willing to be on the screen and be a part of the conversation, <laughs> Jay's already say it's a leap. Um Message me or message Catherine so that we can we can uh, get you scheduled for this. It's it's easier than it looks, and it looks really easy to me. So um, this this is not uh, it's not something that's going to kill you. It'll it'll be okay. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um, uh, so so if you're if you're willing to do this and uh, help the community get to know you and help us all get to know each other, uh, just reach out to one of us so that we can get you going with that. But why don't we do this? Um, maybe we'll start with Michelle. What's one encouragement or one piece of advice, Michelle, that you have um, for the context and clarity, the Entree Architect community as we, uh, as we roll this up today? Um, I'm, I'm working on this, uh, this Shiro's um, international conference. And, and so one of the things I would say is like designing your life the way that you want to live it, you know? So, so it's like, you can, you know, don't compare yourself to others and just kind of like, kind of be, you know, design like you did in school where it was just, it was your project and, you know, maybe people can give their critique on it, but really it's like, you're, you're going to be the architect of your own life. I love that. Mm. I love that. That's so true. That is excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and I'm going to try to find, it, where, where can they find out more about Shiro's? Um, I think you can Google it. I, it's on my uh, Michelle Grace Hoddle Architect Facebook page. Uh, Sarah Collada and Lisa Rains have posted it in, on LinkedIn. And they've posted a, a lot of the different um, Facebook groups that we're part of. But I think that they might even be in the Entre Architect face group, maybe. Okay. It's been popping up a lot. Yeah. It's May 12th to the 14th. There it is. Okay. Let me yeah. And it. It's UK time. Okay. So this is, this is going to, I'm going to put a link green, which is, it's going to be hard because it's a bunch of numbers, but you can look it up on, uh, on Facebook here. So. Eight, Got it. <laughs> and I think it might be under Sarah Colada. They're S A R A K O L A T A. On uh, on Facebook or where? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll look it up there, and yeah. we'll uh, well, and we can always drop this into the. Com- I wonder. Yeah, maybe if I put it in the comments, it might be a. Uh, maybe it'll be a hot link. That it, the link on. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Hang on one second here. Sorry. This well, dangerous. I can try to do it while you keep talking, Jeff. <laughs> I grabbed it. Sorry. Hmm. You know, that's just 
You just have to do it yourself. I understand. Well, I'm, I'm used <laughs> to it. Sorry. So so my superhero <laughs> is I am Arkhamom. That's my superhero. Cool. Everybody wow. has a superhero. So. Nice. 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 I like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, check check that out. That's I've seen some of the uh, some of the uh, promotions for that. It looks very very cool. So, there's yeah, some Evelyn really Lee. Evelyn Lee's also on there. Yeah, she's very good. Be there. Yeah, yeah, some great great women involved in that. So, uh, thanks for being a part of that, um, James. There's um, a podcast. I, I have to say, there's a there's right. a group. Uh, there's seven. Um, they're recent. They're recent graduates, and their uh, their podcast is one to one hundred. And they're these seven women, and they're just they're just fabulous. And they have a podcast, and it's it's just great. That's so they're that's they're cool. also going to be guests. Yes. Oh, good, good. They're also very active on Clubhouse too, for mm-hmm. all of the Clubhouse yeah. people that are out there. So. Very cool. Thank you for that. James, what uh, what piece of advice or encouragement do you have? Okay. Well, uh, I, uh, Michelle, I think that was, uh, that was uh, uh, an incredible piece of advice. And I was going to give a version of that, uh, of uh, being your, uh, designing your own career, your own life. And I, I would just, I would just add on to that. Um, write it down when you're visioning something that uh keep a journal or a series of journals and write it down and get as specific as you can and uh i found that that helps uh maybe calibrate the psyche and uh, magnetizes that idea and it pulls and it pulls it to you i've written down things that uh that maybe even a couple of words and i go back and uh, one of the projects I'm working on right now, uh, five years ago, I wrote down, I want to work on that project and totally out of my control, it came to me. Nice. It's an old building in town that's very handsome. And I want to work on that project. And it just gravitated to And I and where they were calling me, I didn't make the overture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, write down your vision and, uh, keep writing down your vision. And then one practical that that didn't count because that was piling on to, uh, Michelle. So, <laughs> and so I'm going to give a, a, a very yeah. pra- practical thing for young architects. Keep your overhead as low as possible. If you don't absolutely have to have it, even if you think you have to have it, you may not, you know, check once, twice, three times. You probably don't need it. And if you can keep your overhead low, that frees you up to do a lot more in your career. That's great. Absolutely. Excellent advice. Thank you for that, James. And, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning this idea of designing your career. And I thought, what's he doing? Like looking at my spreadsheet? Because next week, our special guest. Uh, on Thursday will be uh, Christine Williamson from um, Building Science Fight Club. And then the week after that, we'll have Maya Sharfie. And the topic will actually be designing your career. Mm. So that's, uh, there you go. And we talked about that on Monday, James. I don't think you were there, but we talked about manifesting on Monday. Oh, yeah. Couldn't yep. make that one. Yep. yep. We got a lot of good suggestions for that. Sometimes you had to work. Yeah, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. I know. All right, Jay. 
What, what's one piece of uh, advice or encouragement that you have for the community, Jay? So I had a I had a first year studio professor at Brookdale Community College because after working in restaurants for years, I started carpentry and then I had to go to community college in order to get back into school. And he in a, in some side conversation said, don't ever compromise. And I still remember that. Mm. And I think it I think it echoes and piggybacks on what Michelle and James were saying. Um, design your future, design your life. And, and I didn't listen to that until I came to Entree Architect and heard people say it over and over and over and over again. And so in the last two or three years, um, I'm doing what I want to do. And and life has never been better. Um, Good. And, and I think it's great advice. Um, yeah, that's excellent advice. Catherine, you want to get anything you want to no, I am not there to give good advice. I'm just, I'm just listening today. But I am inspired by those. Um, I am going to design my life or my career right now tonight and write it down and see what comes to me. And I'm going to try not to compromise anymore. And my husband is going to thank you, Jay. <laughs> and, and don't buy mom a doormat. <laughs> don't buy mom a doormat. And where did we land on clothes on Mother's Day? Are we are optional, we or optional. against it? Optional. <laughs> I don't know where we landed on uh, Eccles Fest and at uh, Jay's Farm. We say definitely thumbs up to that. That's happening. Yeah. That's All happening. right. All right. We'll figure that out. We will figure that out. Well, Michelle and and Jay and James, thank you very much for uh, joining Catherine and I for this conversation today. Yep, it was supposed to Thank be the Cat's Away show, but he showed up early. Cat's back sooner than we thought show. Caught us. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. Ha- happy uh, happy to be back, but, uh, uh, you know, if you want to have a Cat's Away show, you can <laughs> you can do that, too. <laughs> it's fine. No, we're happy me. that you're back. We're yeah. just joking. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, and to all of you out there, our Mondo Masterminders, Thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, As always, I'll be back here again tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. Same bat time, same bat channel. And like I said, tomorrow we'll go back to our weekly mini series on digital and social. We'll talk about podcasting for architects. So if you've got one, come talk about it. If you don't have one, come tell us why not or ask the question (laughs) you have. Uh, if you if you wanted to start one, there's a lot of people in this community. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of upside, I think, just like we talked about with Clubhouse last week. I think there's some real opportunities there. You've got to know what you're trying to accomplish uh, in order to set those goals and go after them. But um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Podcasting for Architects. And of course, if you want to get the party started early, join me on Clubhouse tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern for the same, ironically, or not the uh, the same topic tomorrow podcasting for architects. I don't know if Catherine is going to be there. I think she, I think this week is has worn her out. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'll be there. I just might not say anything. That'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Catherine. <laughs> well, 
it's just kind of hard because you get on there and you say, so here's the topic. Anybody? And then it's just crickets for a while. And you're like, well, okay. Sometimes I guess you I'll work talk a little, a little bit. more. That's called, that's, called vamp, that's called vamping. Yeah. You yes. vamp, vamp until well, somebody is, comes in. That's true. Ours is 6 a.m. Like I told you, if you want to hear me not say anything, then I'll be on Clubhouse at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> somebody asked, we, we get that suggestion. What? <laughs> 9 a.m. is really early on the West Coast. You know, why don't you do something a little bit later? So, well, I've already drank all the coffee by later, so uh, how can I have a coffee talk at like noon, right? So, <laughs> so sorry, sorry, West Coasters. It is. Uh, we know it's an early, early rise. Maybe the uh, maybe the coffee will help. But uh, with that, thank you, everyone. Um, I say this every day, and I really do mean this. Please take care of yourself. Be well, stay well, take care of those that are close to you. Uh, A lot of crazy stuff going on. Keep yourself safe and well and everybody that you care about safe and well. And take a little bit of time to breathe tonight. Get rejuvenated and come back. We're going to do this again tomorrow. So you better rest up. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's Context and Clarity Live episode. Selfishly, I love these conversations because I get to be the go-between between you and some really incredible guests. To that end, I want to know what you think about today's guest. Message me on the socials. I'm really easy to find. I'm Jeff underscore Eccles everywhere. If you happen to run across a white-haired chiropractor from Austin, Texas, yeah, that's not me. I'm the other Jeff Eccles. Oh, and if you have an idea for a future guest, tell me who it is and why you think they'd be a good guest for one of these conversations. Maybe we can get them on a future episode. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.